This program is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit GCNlive.com today. This week on a year since Russia invaded Ukraine, sadly, Richard Belzer, one of the popular actors from Law and Order, that franchise, dies. Jimmy Carter in hospice, the former president. How was your weekend? That's just some of what we're going to talk about as we motor through here. Once again, Kate Delaney, as always, happy to be the skipper of uh, this ship as we really are navigating some wild times, I would say, here and across the world. This show is about what's going on in your backyard, mine, and uh, how it all washes out for all of us. So here's the thing about the uh, Jimmy Carter, the presidency of Jimmy Carter, and a lot of that's talked about. Of where, where do you, you know, where do you rank Carter? And at this point, he's 98. He's chosen to forego medical treatment. He's getting hospice care at home. Here's the thing about Carter. For the things that he messed up that you didn't like, the one thing that he somehow was really good at was being the ambassador for the United States in tricky situations. Whether it was a Republican president or a Democratic president, they went to Carter, and so many times he bridged the gap where there was conflict. He found a way to break through that noise. That's what he was good at. And that's why it didn't matter who was in the White House when they needed Jimmy Carter for that. They rang him up. So right now, you know, if he's getting that hospice care at the age of 98, it's going to be all about the timeline of what uh, happens next, I think, with, with Jimmy Carter and then another president Uh, We lose another president, and then it becomes about the ceremonial part of it, ultimately. The 39th president, Jimmy Carter. And I'll tell you briefly, I had a run-in with Jimmy Carter by accident. I was working at a huge station in Dallas, Texas. And the station was just a jewel of a station, a 50,000-watt blowtorch in a really top market, because Dallas, of course, is a top-five market which is neither here nor there, except for that the president was coming to a game. He was, and, he, and, and actually, he was, uh, was going to be with Bush Jr., who was a part owner of the Rangers. And he was down in the station where I was working, and I was busy because I was running around with the Rangers and getting ready for a sports show, and um, I was in the break room. And I turned around, and all of a sudden I saw that Carter smile, and he said, excuse me, do you know where I can get some coffee? And I I was just flummoxed, like, uh, Mr. President, well, we have crummy coffee here, is what I think I said to him. It's stale, it's old, I think there's a better place to get coffee. He was in the studio to do an interview with somebody uh, that was in the news department. But anyway, we had a little quick interaction, and he he was pretty funny when he, he, he said, thanks for your honesty. I don't like stale coffee either. So again, Carter at 98, the longest living president in American history. 
And after a series of short hospital stays, he's spending his remaining time at home with his family and getting that care instead. They're not talking about what conditions prompted the hospital visits or his decision to enter hospice care, but he survived a series of health crises, including a bout with skin cancer, which spread to his liver and brain, and as well as repeated falls and those kinds of uh, things. I mean, it's interesting because he's really defied illness and death for years, outlasting two presidents who followed him as well as his own vice president. And he became officially the longest living president in March 2019 when he passed former President George H.W. Bush, who died the previous um, November. So that's where we're at with that. And I mentioned uh, Law and Order actor. I was a big fan of, of Law and Order. I think working crazy hours, even when I was even when I was doing a morning show, somehow Law and Order popped up on my radar screen. And for a long time, it was one of the very few things I watched. Ba, 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 you know that like sticks in your head. So Richard Belzer, who actually was a was a known comedian in in his time and also actor was known for playing John Munch, the detective, across a bunch of NBC crime dramas, including Law & Order Special Victims Unit, over more than two decades. He was 78 years old. He's died. His manager says he passed away peacefully early Sunday morning at his home in France. But I think... You know, certainly he had other roles that he played, but what he really was known for was playing that detective because Law and Order in that franchise certainly had big tentacles and a lot of reach, and he was a, a longtime actor on that show. By the way, he was an established author and known as a, a conspiracy buff. He wrote the book UFOs, JFK, and Elvis, Conspiracies You Don't Have to Be Crazy to Believe. He also wrote several comedy books and novels, including I Am Not a Cop, a fictionalized story about a TV actor who plays a detective and has to solve his friend's disappearance. So his last role was... Um, was actually a movie that that I saw and really liked. He was in the 2016 film The Comedian, which starred Robert De Niro. He portrayed uh, himself, Belzer portrayed himself in that movie. So rip to Detective Munch, a.k.a. Richard Belzer. Excellent, excellent job uh, on that show. All right, so where are you at when it comes to... Ukraine and a year later. Remember when this first happened, when Russia first invaded Ukraine and so many people were talking about that it wouldn't be very long, that maybe it would be a couple of months and, you know, how they had lined up the tanks and they were going toward Kiev. And now here we are a, a year later and on Friday it will officially become a year since that invasion rolled out. And you think of, from the beginning, what this has been kind of cast as and how you have leaders in the West, including the United States, pledging to support Ukraine for as long as necessary. And that's one of the conversations that's happening in the U.S., something that affects you and I. How much money 
is too much money or is there a ceiling when it comes to donating money to help Ukraine fight against crazy Putin, the czar with, as some say, no empire, who needs this victory for his own survival on the world stage. So that is an interesting question to tackle because there are some that are saying the spigot is just too big and it's running for way too long. We're going to do an unofficial poll on this show. What do you think? Kate at katedelaneyradio.com. Click on contact and let me know. Thumbs up or thumbs down to more aid to Ukraine. You got lots of lawmakers who are urging stronger Ukrainian support because of the worries over China. And our Secretary of State warning that China, you know, warning China against giving lethal support to Russia. So this is where we're at in this tug of war. More details on Ukraine and Russia and a few other world stage items as well. It's easy to see. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. We all know something big is coming, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming more self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is the nation's largest emergency preparedness company, and they make it easy for you to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure some emergency food kits. There's a dozen to choose from that contain tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging 2,000 calories per day. Get at least one food kit for each family member. My Patriot Supply also sells large solar generators, gravity-powered water filtration systems, heirloom seeds for your garden, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your items will ship that same day. Time is short. Prepare today. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. Hi, this is Kate Delaney. I am truly amazed by this audience. Many of you have been reaching out to me to ask more on what I call the No Drone Zone. How do you find out about the show or listen to podcasts or guests or even my books? So here we go. Go to katedelaneyradio.com for more on what's shaking in my orbit. To reach me, simply hit the contact tab and send an email. Behind the scenes photos, great video, travels, the dog. Yeah, that's Guinness. He is the mascot. Go to Kate 
Kate Delaney Fan Page on Facebook. Kate Delaney Fan Page on Facebook. Or hit me up on Twitter at Kate S. Delaney. At Kate S. Delaney. For any of my books, including Deal Your Own Destiny, Amazon simply is the easiest. Thanks for listening as we talk about what's happening in my backyard and yours and how it affects us. We throw in laughs, cheap movie reviews, the man cave, and authors with some interesting stories to tell. If you've already forgotten everything I've just said, just go to katedelaneyradio.com. Flying over Hawaii. So this apparently was uh, aimed for Hawaii, but it was blown off course. Some details on this Chinese balloon that was shot down after crossing the continental United States. And Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of uh, State, said that his meeting didn't go exactly as planned over the whole balloon incident thing, by the way. He didn't get that apology he thought that he would get. So, interesting. We're still stuck on this. What are the rules? What's the deal with the balloons? What in the heck is going on with China? Give me a break on that. And as I said before, your thoughts on Ukraine and where we are with funding, where you are in what's happening in in this war situation. I mean, Ukraine is pressing U.S. Congress members for F-16 jet fighters because they need it. I mean, how do you sustain going into the second year of the war And, of course, President Zelensky is saying there must be no taboo on weapon supplies to Ukraine, right? Because Ukraine needs the weapons. They're saying, we got to move. That's what the deal is. And, look, you have grain shipments that are dropping as the ship backups are starting to grow. And, of course, a lot of people don't realize this, but Ukraine is like the capital of grain in many senses of where it's sent for the survival of so many people. So we're talking about a year on Friday. Did I think it was going to go a year? Yes. I said maybe a couple months into this. Yeah, this isn't wrapping up anytime soon. Look what's happening and there's no way Putin backs down. There's no way he's going to, he's going to say, okay, you know what? Let's figure this out. Let's compromise. No, 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 no. No, that wasn't, that's not in the cards. And especially now, this is legacy. This is life on the big stage. This is what Putin's about. I would be stunned of everything that's ever happened the entire 16 years I've done this show. I would be so stunned if that happened. I don't think so. So again, unofficial poll. What do you think? Where are we with coughing up the coin for the F-16s and more? Kate at KateDelaneyRadio.com. Because there is a big push there. They have to have it. This is, you know, this is about survival in, in the press of, with the full court press from Russia uh, of the military. They, they do have, because that's their big problem, is trying to get more soldiers to amp up and want to come back and want to serve instead of trying to flee the cities that they live in in Russia 
and not have to have a, a performance in Ukraine, not wanting to go there. So that's what you have. You have lobbying over the weekend uh, on the sidelines of the Munich Security Conference talks between Ukrainian officials, including Democrats and Republicans from the Senate and the House of Representatives. So you had Senator Mark Kelly, a former astronaut, who flew U.S. Navy fighters in combat. He said over the weekend, they told us they want the F-16s to suppress enemy air defenses so they could get their drones. Biden last month, this is why this is significant and why it does affect us, Biden said last month no when he was asked if he would approve Ukraine's request for Lockheed Martin-made F-16s. And over the weekend from the White House, the official word was that we're focusing on providing weapons that can be used immediately on the battlefield rather than fighter jets that require extensive training. They didn't rule out F-16s, but that was the reason that was given and that there's going to be these discussions over the next few weeks and months. And, you know, there were four delegations from the Senate and the House combined in what's been called the largest number of U.S. lawmakers to go to Europe's premier security gathering since it started in 1963. And part of the reason is they were demonstrating bipartisan, bipartisan support for Ukraine. And the conference primarily focused on Ukraine days before this anniversary. So lots of grinding it out, lots of battles, especially in the eastern Donbass region right now, following a bunch of Russian um, beatdowns. So is the support going to happen or not? I mean, here, the F-16, we know, is one of the most versatile multi-role jet fighters, no question about it. Hey, we know they can shoot down balloons and more. I mean, I'm, I am seriously in awe of what the F-16 can can do. So they're adapting. The Ukraine Air Force is adapting, but they're having trouble with what they can stop and knowing that if they could get some of those F-16s, it's more advanced, and it, they would have to ramp up the training. That's true. But if they could have them, they're saying that would make such a huge difference you know you had republican senator lindsey graham who said there's a lot of lawmaker support it's broad in wanting to train ukrainian pilots on f-16s he thinks that the biden administration is just going to agree to do it and he said he he wasn't worried that the f-16s would escalate the conflict you know because he was on the sunday swirl which is i call the talking heads on the tube on the networks talking politics and he said don't worry about provoking putin worry about beating him which i agree just beat him let's just beat him forget about provoking he's already provoked i mean look washington has coughed up 30 billion in military aid to ukraine since the beginning of what moscow calls its special military operation and you got to think about last month france britain U.S., Germany, they all, all, all of our allies, basically, chipped in with modern battle tanks because they needed those. So I'm curious as to what this audience says, because I've heard some people, I've been sampling some local 
talk radio shows, not syndicated shows, and hearing what people were saying about, you know, especially after Biden said no, but now Lindsey Graham saying, oh, that don't worry, that's going to change. And then talking about bipartisan support. But there were some people uh, feeling that, I don't know, is there, a, is there a moment where we say, okay, we can still keep helping, but we, you know, do we, do we really have the time? Do we, do we have the resources, which we have the resources, but do we use the resources in that direction? And I can't imagine that's not going to happen, by the way. All right, then the other big thing, you know, we talk about China, but North Korea fired two ballistic missiles off its east coast. South Korea announced that, the military said that on Monday. So, you know, Kim Jong-un warned the isolated and nuclear-armed state could turn the Pacific into a firing range. Great. And this comes just two days after North Korea fired uh, an ICBM, which is intercontinental ballistic missile into the sea off Japan's west coast, which then, of course, prompted the joint air exercises by the U.S. and South Korea on Sunday. I mean, North Korea confirmed it fired two projectiles from multiple rocket launchers and that where were they aiming the targets? 245 miles away, 209 miles away. Japan's defense minister said the two ballistic missiles fired reached a maximum altitude of about uh, 100 kilometers and 50 kilometers traveling pretty far before falling outside of Japan's, what they call Japan's EEZ. So no reports of damage to the aircraft or any ships or anything like that. But um, Japan saying, look, North Korea's series of actions, including the repeated ballistic missile launches, threaten the peace and security of Japan, the region, and the international community. So tension has been there, but it is rising. It is rising even more. And what do you think is going to happen? You know, Pyongyang threatening this persistence that they're going to have strong response You know, after now what's happened. So look, Monday's missile launch, to put it in perspective, is the North's, North Korea's third major weapons test this year. We're not even through the second month of the year. That's how many they've had. So be the judge. What do you think is going to happen when you do that? It is crazy, and it's crazy when you see... Like I saw a photograph of Kim Jong-un watching a missile test. Just boom, looks up into the sky. Just a silhouette watching it just fly across the sky. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Coming up next, your thoughts on all kinds of things as we hit the mailbag. Do you know someone with a drug or alcohol problem? Get help now. Insurance may cover everything. Stop the drug and alcohol nightmare. Call 800-284-0523. Learn how through the Family Medical Leave Act, you can leave your job without losing your job. Locations everywhere. Get immediate help for drug and alcohol problems. Call now. 800-284-0523. 800-284-0523. 
complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. USA News Update. Ukrainian President Zelensky says looking at Europe right now reminds him of the way Ukraine was 10 years ago. In 2014, our people were not ready for, for, for the war for the quick occupation of Crimea, part of Donbass. During a CNN foreign policy panel, he said, it's the reason why Ukraine must continue to receive war support from Western nations, including the U.S. He says he does not believe Russia will stop at Ukraine. In Washington, U.S. lawmakers continue working out how much foreign aid to send. Two U.S. soldiers killed in a drone attack in Jordan are being buried in their home state of Georgia this weekend. 24-year-old Sergeant Kennedy Sanders and 23-year-old Sergeant Brianna Moffat were among three U.S. soldiers killed in the attack at a base in Jordan on January 28th. I'm Ryan Daniels, USA News. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, veterinarian and naturopathic physician. The Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy with an important message. Take charge of your health. Do not continue to blindly follow the system that has failed us all. I appreciate GCN listeners because you're open-minded and intelligent. If our system is so great, why is it that the United States, the USA, ranks nearly 60th worldwide in longevity and number one in obesity? All the while, we spend more money than all the other countries combined annually on unnecessary health care procedures and toxic drugs. It doesn't take much to get on track, not with the government or pharmaceutical companies, but rather you in control of your own health with a basic understanding of nutrition and supplementation. FDI Longevity has the finest quality health, sports, and energy supplements available. GCN listeners are invited to join our team of people who want to stay healthy well into old age. We are currently looking for specialists to represent FDI Longevity and save America. To buy products at wholesale prices or join our business team, go to GCNteam.com. That's GCNteam.com. Support GCN. Get healthy. These are the sounds of someone taking their eyes off the road. Texting while driving is more than distracting. It's dangerous. Do yourself a favor. Do us all a favor. When you're on the road, stay off the phone. A message from CTIA.
I can't wait to introduce you to our next guest. His name is Scott White, and he is the orchestrator of Life is Too Short. He's the Life is Too Short guy. And so I think about this, the power of positivity, and how you can learn how to make the most out of each moment. He's got the secret to unlock that, and his background is so fascinating to me because he was an investment banker on Wall Street for a decade. Then he took the leap to become an entrepreneur and a business builder. And today he's the chairman and CEO of a public real estate company. So, Scott, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for inviting me. Happy to be here. So how do you do what you just did? I said you worked on Wall Street, which is doggy dog. Let's face it. A lot of my buddies worked on Wall Street. Then you take this leap, you become an entrepreneur, and now you're the king of positivity. So why'd you write the book and how'd you make this leap? Well, I wrote the book um, in part because so I've always been a very positive, happy, uh, live in the moment, energetic person. And people have said to me over the years, I wish I could bottle up some of that energy, some of that positivity and share it with others. And then during COVID, I, I really had that, that experience or that epiphany of, wow, you look around and people are, or you have all the negative headlines associated with COVID. Obviously, you have um, a major political divide in the U.S. You have a war in Europe, so on and so forth all these things going on and i was like you know what this is my opportunity this is my platform to as i said proverbially bottle up some of that energy some of that positivity some of that gratefulness and share it with the world and that's what i decided to do i I set out on a mission to make the world happier one smile at a time and and that's what the book is um in terms of the the transition the leap i think it's just a natural evolution so i I did grow up on wall street i was um, a finance and primarily a mergers and acquisitions guy by training and and you know like everything else in life, you can look at things through a positive lens or a negative lens, and, and there are times that there were challenges that I had to overcome as, as my life on Wall Street evolved, but it was an amazing experience, truly amazing experience, and I talk in the book about how I think some of my success on Wall Street was, actually, I shouldn't even say some, a lot of it was because of my attitude. My I'd show up every day grateful to have the job, feeling so empowered and wonderful that, that here I was given an opportunity. It's not easy to get a job on Wall Street. It's even harder to keep a job on Wall Street. And I did it for about 13 years. And uh, that made me incredibly happy and, and empowered me. Then I evolved on to become an entrepreneur. And today I'm the chairman and CEO of a public real estate company. I now want to share some of these tools, some of these, uh, my perspective, my philosophy. I want to change the national dialogue so that we collectively spend less time on what's wrong and more time on how wonderful life is. Ooh, I like that. There's the big hashtag. All right, so we're not going to tell everybody everything, but give us a couple tools. So the, the book is laid out with 10 principles. There are 10 principles that I call the Litzig attitude. Litzig, life is too short, guy. And the most foundational one, the key, the core is attitude is everything, the power of positivity. How you perceive the world and the lens through which you view the world is the most important thing to greater happiness. And I, one of the tools I give people, which is such a simple one, is think about your first thought of the day. And, and Kate, do you remember what your first thought of today was? Yeah, that I was going to talk to a guy who was super positive and gets it. Awesome. You. So you had a great first thought, but it's amazing if you, as your listeners think about this today, and I asked them to reflect for a minute, what was your first thought of the day? I'm going to guess most people are like, I don't really remember. It just 
sort of, I woke up and I wasn't sure I wanted to get out of bed or it's dark, it's cold, it's, oh, I have a busy day. Wrong. This is an opportunity to set the tone right for the day. I tell people, picture uh, your glasses, picture a lens. Do you, you want to start the day with bright, shiny, clear glasses to three, see the world through a positive perspective? Or do you want to start with dirty, muddy, sort of, oh, I have a tough day ahead of me, and then spend all day digging out? Easiest tool. The, the, the next principle is choose your attitude and own it. Most people think that their happiness is is primarily driven by their circumstances. The new car, the new job, the, the um, pay raise, uh, the marriage, maybe something negative, a, a divorce or a death or illness. The reality is, and most people are shocked when I say this, only 10% of your happiness is tied to your circumstances. Okay, so what's the other 90%? Well, 50% is genetic. To a certain degree, people are more predisposed to be happier or less happy. However, and this is using the power of positivity to look at the world through a positive lens, that means 40%, 40% of your happiness you control. And I talk about how you do that and tools you use to do that. One of the other principles is little things make a big difference. They're very small things you could do to really change your happiness and the happiness of people around you. And and the easiest one, the simplest one, which most people will just sort of scoff at when I say smile. Smile? Really? That That's the, the key epiphany? Yes. Because as I said it just now, you're sitting here listening and you're thinking, huh, okay, so if I smile, it's forced because he told me to. If I don't smile, well, hmm, I guess there's no reason not to smile. So you smile and all of a sudden you have a, a burst of of chemicals in the brain that create greater happiness for you and the people around you. So I'd encourage people as you get in your car today, smile. As you interact with people today, smile. As you get to work today, smile. As you get home to make dinner today, smile. It's so easy. Another tool under little things make a big difference. Celebrate. We don't celebrate small wins enough. Every day is an opportunity to celebrate. Find something to celebrate and make a big deal about it. Make a big deal about the small wins in life. Another principle that I talk about is is minutes matter. Minutes matter. And I don't, Kate, tell people how to use their minutes. I, I don't have the roadmap for if you use your minutes this way, you'll have a happier life. What I tell people is that we generally aren't proactive enough in thinking about and appreciating our finite number of minutes. And I give this math sort of problem or, or math equation in the book, and it's, it's, by the way, some of the few numbers in the book, there aren't a lot of numbers. And I say, when you're born, you have about 80 years of life expectancy, plus or minus. You could draw your own sort of conclusions and assumptions, but 80 years translates into 42 million minutes of life. Now, I'm guessing none of your listeners are newborns right now, and I'm going to also guess that most of your listeners are plus or minus halfway through life, just to make my math problem pretty easy. So at 40 years old, and you could adjust based on where you are, you got 21 million minutes left. You're going to sleep a third of those. Now you're down to 14 million minutes left. What are you doing with those 14 million minutes? Do you know where they're going? I tell people, picture a barrel. For me, it's a wine barrel. And in that wine barrel, I have little gold coins. And each time I do things, I take out a sample of minutes and I use them. And what I think too many people go through life not realizing how they're using their minutes or they're using their minutes to do things that aren't making them happy. Today's the day to stop. Today's the day to say, you know what? I have a finite number of minutes left. How am I using them? I don't want to get to the end of the day, the week, the month, the year and be like, I don't know what I did with my time or, oh my God, I got so many things going on. I'm going, I'm running in a thousand directions. I'm not happy about it. All right, we'll stop. 
You have the ability to choose how to use your minutes. Today is the day to take control of it. There are a couple of the principles in the book. There are, there are five or six more that, that walk you through this roadmap of, uh, let's say, philosophy. Was it fun for you? to? Because obviously the attitude that you've had and you've carried with you throughout life, was it fun for you to write this book, to go on this journey? Absolutely amazing. Most fun I've fun thing I've done at least in the last decade, probably among the most fun things I've done in my life. I've enjoyed putting pen to paper, and I enjoy even more talking to you and your audience. I am truly on a mission to make the world happier one smile at a time. I you know, I talk in the book a little bit about purpose and finding your purpose in life, and I think people's purposes change. You don't have one purpose in life, your purpose will change at various crossroads in your career and your life. And it is clearly my purpose now to make the world happier one smile at a time. And if just one person listening to this, just one, and I know it's going to be more than one given your audience, but if one person smiles, if one person goes out, buys the book, reads it, and passes it on to someone else, I'm accomplishing my mission. I want to see a happier world. I want to stop dwelling on the negativity, focus on the positive, focus on the happiness, focus on the gratefulness, and make the world happier, make the world a better place. Yeah, and for people who, who, as you said, I love when you, you asked me what was my first thought of the day. So for people who get up and they're complaining that they have to run errands or they have to walk the dog or they have all this work to do or whatever it is, if all the things that you just said to me, if they can just start with little tweaks, do you think they can get there? No doubt. That's the beauty of this book. The book is laid out. One, it's very practical. It's very, it's not academic. It's not theoretical. Two, it's a storytelling sort of philosophy in terms of how you read it. Three, there are actual tools. And four, most importantly, Kate, small things. Okay, so maybe every day you can't wake up as the happiest person in the world. I got it. I have to be realistic and not everyone has that perspective. But what if you just do it tomorrow? Just tomorrow, I challenge each listener, as you open your eyes, you're like, oh, wait a sec, I heard that guy, life is too short guy. What's his name? Life is too short guy, whatever, on the radio saying, all right, so I'm grateful that I have a roof over my head. I'm next to someone I love. I have a job to go to. I have breakfast to go down and get. There's heat on in my house in the middle of the winter. I have the ability to get in my car. Wow, look at that, 15 seconds into the day. I've just named seven things that make me happy. Isn't that amazing? It is amazing, and I love your energy, and I love your mission, Scott White. Where can people go for more information? So the book is available on Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com, as well as wherever books are sold. You can get it in your local bookstore, and if they don't have it, ask them to order it. Again, the name of the book is The Life is Too Short Guy, or you can find out more about the book, about speaking. I do speaking engagements, about my philosophy at my website, LifeIsTooShortGuy.com. I love it. Thanks, Scott. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Me too. Hi, this is 
Kate Delaney, I am truly amazed by this audience. Many of you have been reaching out to me to ask more on what I call the No Drone Zone. How do you find out about the show or listen to podcasts or guests or even my books? So here we go. Go to katedelaneyradio.com for more on what's shaking in my orbit. To reach me, simply hit the contact tab and send an email. Behind the scenes photos, great video, travels, the dog. Yeah, that's Dennis. He is the mascot. Go to Kate Delaney Fan Page on Facebook. Kate Delaney Fan Page on Facebook. Or hit me up on Twitter at Kate S. Delaney. At Kate S. Delaney. For any of my books, including Deal Your Own Destiny, Amazon simply is the easiest. Thanks for listening as we talk about what's happening in my backyard and yours and how it affects us. We throw in laughs, cheap movie reviews, the man cave, and authors with some interesting stories to tell. If you've already forgotten everything I've just said, just go to katedelaneyradio.com. Cancer categorizes over 100 diseases. Though we do not diagnose, treat, or cure cancer, GCN team is offering the Clemson University study where there was up to a 95% reduction in cancerous cells when exposed to a plant-derived mineral supplement. If you or a loved one are searching for answers to this horrifying disease, come to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. We'll email you a copy for free. That's 877-878-4203. Have you ever watched a video on the internet and found yourself waiting for the skip the ad button? The reason this takes a few seconds is because the video delivery companies get to collect impression commission, and the viewer never sees the advertisement. The company still pays full price to run the ad. Does this sound like a scam to you? Is there any wonder why internet ads are so ineffective? For over 100 years, radio has been a proven source for companies' messages. Radio listeners are engaged and want to support the companies that sponsor the shows they're so passionate about. Simple companies like window treatments, security, pillow companies, and more have been able to break away from the big box stores building multi-million dollar businesses. Find out what radio can do for your business. Call 877-996-4327 or advertise at GCNlive.com. That's advertise at GCNlive.com. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from wallofire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Wallofire.com. Gibson onto the show. You know him. For decades, he was a television news reporter, a network news correspondent, a cable news anchor. I could go on and on and on, and a radio talk show host, too, as well. And we had him on before the book that he wrote, OJ's Knife. We talked about that. Now he's got a new one out, Death in the Reeds, a Mickey Judge mystery. 
And I just said to him before he's in our virtual agreement, before we pull him on, that, darn it, he pulled me in. I was on a flight from Florida to Texas and then had a a little puddle jumper thing. And um, I read the whole thing. I read the whole thing. It pulled me in. Uh, Something about the way that John writes and especially this story where you're connecting the dots in a couple of really interesting areas. So, John, thanks for coming on. Good. Thanks for reading it. So I like that. Thanks for reading it. So we're, you know, we're talking about some really cool things, intriguing things in this one. You know, the Iraq War, uh, of incredibly priceless antiquity that is ultimately stolen from the Iraq Museum. And, you know, we heard stories about things like this. So it's interesting. I like the way you, in a way, pull from things that we know, especially in this book. So how'd you set out to pick this one, write this one, this theme. Well, you know, when I was working for Fox, there's a, a guy named Bogdanos who um, is a U.S. attorney and a lieutenant colonel in the Marine Reserves, and he wrote a book called The Thieves of Baghdad about the looting of the Iraq Museum. And it is a fascinating book, and I interviewed him and talked to him at some length, and this one piece always fascinated me because... There's one at the British Museum, and then there was one at the Iraq Museum, and that was it. There's two of them in the world. And one of them went missing, being looted, and as far as I know, still missing. And I I just thought that this was a a good premise to, you know, for uh, fiction, for what happened. You know, just uh, let's, let's imagine what might have happened. And I plugged my character into it. Mickey Judge, the ne'er-do-well TV reporter, and some other characters. You know, after 50 years of interviewing people and running around being a reporter, you meet a lot of people, as you know, from what you're doing right now. And I didn't want any of them to go to waste, so I I used a lot of the people that I knew or ran into uh, to base characters on in this story. And, you know, it's just... uh, in, in my little story, there is a chase for this object, and the TV reporter guy gets involved, and uh, he's trying to help a friend of his who is making the mistake of, of trying to deal in this antiquity, which, by the way, you know, if anybody actually did do this, you know, steal it and then try to sell it, it is hugely illegal, hugely illegal. <laughs> And so my character, Mickey, is telling his friend, this uh, beautiful TV anchor, uh, you know, don't get involved in this. You can go to prison or worse. Uh, And, of course, she gets into worse uh, in the story. Yeah, and she, um, you know, as you say, Cass is her name, and uh, she really does take it all the way um, to the limit, so to speak, <laughs> to yeah. steal to steal a line from a famous song. So give us a little meat of the story, and you have set it up, but give us a little more on Cass and, and how this whole thing happens. Okay, so what happens is Mickey Judge works for a cable news network, which I have named the Empire News Network, (laughs) and you can kind of guess who that might be, and he gets fired because he picks a fight with a vice president, and they blow him up, and he's now, you know, he's got to do something, and his uh, agent sets him up with a job 
in his hometown, which is San Francisco. So he returns to San Francisco, and there, uh, who you know, been there all along, is his uh, former almost girlfriend. I call him an almost girlfriend, uh, who has now become a big TV star, and uh, she is married to uh, the um, black female district attorney in a fake lesbian marriage. Uh, the the black female uh, attor- district attorney is a, a gay woman. Uh, Cass is not, but they're you know uh, the stars of the city. This this couple, they go to all the opening nights, and she's 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 trying to find a way into the many millions of dollars that are being made in the Bay Area. Uh, and she just figures, well, now that she's going to all the best parties, she's going to she's going to meet somebody who's going to get her involved in something, you know, like a startup or a ground floor position and something like Apple or something to make a lot of money. Well, what actually happens is the brother of the guy who steals the thing in Iraq contacts her and says, uh, you have billionaire friends i have something they would want so let's make a deal and there's some twists and turns to go on in trying to get the object to san francisco uh, because it's in beirut and then it's it's in iraq and then it crosses syria and then it's in beirut and then it's in paris and somebody's got to go get it and the brother of the guy who stole it is the one who is sent off to get it. Now, um, then when it arrives in San Francisco, in hot pursuit is a, uh, a sort of a, I guess I would call him a hitman or a killer who is working for uh, some Russians. And you have to imagine who they ultimately are working for in order to obtain this antiquity for his collection. You know, I mean, in my little story, all the missing art in the world ends up in Vladimir Putin's uh, <laughs> private collection. <laughs> and, and so there's somebody chasing it who's a very dangerous fellow. And his, his the, the principal way that he um, dispatches people is to pick them up and throw them off of high buildings. Uh, he doesn't like knives. He doesn't like guns. He doesn't like strangling. He likes just pitching somebody out of a window, uh, mainly because unless somebody actually sees him, there's no way to trace him to this killing. So he's busy killing people, and he's in hot pursuit of this, and, and he arrives in San Francisco as well, and now she's in big trouble because she's got it, and there is a killer who is um, after it. Uh, how how much farther you want me yeah. to go? So we don't want to give we don't give all the details, but you really set this up nicely. I think you know how to tell a story. Um, like you said, you did it for many many years, and you're doing it on the page now. Ultimately, and I guess this is probably a layup question, but for any writer, what do you hope people take away from hearing our conversation, getting your book, Death in the Reeds, a Mickey Judge mystery? Well, I hope they I hope they say, yeah, I got a plane flight coming up. And I, I could kill two or three hours or four, uh, or I'm going, I'm going someplace warm and sunny, and I'm going to sit on the beach. I could, I could use an interesting read. It's an 
not like War and Peace. It's not going to take you five days of reading. You know, it's, it's uh, I don't know, what did you do? Maybe four or five hours and you yeah. had it done? Yeah, it was so, like less than know, four. It's a, it's a good read. It's it's not terribly long. It's like mid two hundred pages, uh, and and it moves quick. Uh, I don't belabor uh, the reader with a lot of uh, poetic descriptions of the fog pouring in over the top of the Golden Gate Bridge or any of that kind of thing. But uh, I think I do. You know, I think that a good novel has a strong sense of place. Um, I've always enjoyed Michael Connolly's books because mm-hmm. he just makes L.A. come alive. Yeah, and uh, and what I was trying to do here is 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 really make San Francisco uh, visual. Reading this, you see San Francisco. Yeah, and I think you absolutely accomplished that. Hey, we have like a minute and change left. What's next? I mean, you you're going to do another Mickey Judge mystery, right? Oh, yeah, there's uh, number three is almost done, and I'm trying to figure out what number four will be. I only have so much time left on the planet, and what I'm trying to do is churn out one a year. So uh, we'll see how many I get before, uh, as King Charles said, before my time is up. But you can get this one. I just remind people it's probably hard to find at a bookstore, so go to Amazon.com, Death in the Reeds, and they'll have it to you in a day or so. Excellent. John Gibson, always fun to talk to you. Thank you so much. Kate, good to talk to you. Thank you. Hey guys, why settle for poor quality Pouty Arco that's sold by stores and online resellers when you can get Tahibo Tea Club's original pure Pouty Arco Super Tea at drinksupertea.com or 818-965-9113. The Tahibo Tea Club's original pure Pouty Arco Super Tea is only available at drinksupertea.com. 818-965-9113. 818-965-9113. That's drinksupertea.com. Ever feel completely down on your luck, whether it's your career or just your life? Do you look at other people and wonder, why them, not me? I'm Kate Delaney. I did it. I admit it. I've learned some valuable and priceless lessons from some of the rock stars I've interviewed over the years, like Sir Richard Branson or the late, great John Madden, and I want to share them. Want to laugh? Want to learn? Want more out of life? Then pick up a copy of my book, Deal Your Own Destiny, Increase Your Odds, Win Big, and Become Extraordinary. Get it on Amazon today.